We're going to be preaching this morning on the thought that God speaks to this earth. Our text is found in Jeremiah 22 and verse 29. The prophet says, O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. The Lord spoke unto this earth from Adam to Moses in a direct manner. That is, without a mediator. He spoke unto Adam and asked, Adam, where art thou? He spoke directly unto Cain, saying, Where is Abel thy brother? Of Noah we read, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. The Lord spoke directly unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then too he spoke directly to Moses, but from Moses to Christ, he spoke to this earth by his prophets. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. But we are living in an era when God no longer speaks directly to men. And the Old Testament prophets have long ceased their oral ministry to this earth. Someone may ask in alarm, Do you mean God no longer speaks to this earth? No, I do not mean that. On the very contrary, God speaks more abundantly to this age than in all the ages past. Yet, God is not going to come to any person in a direct way in this age. Nor is he going to send a prophet to you with a new revelation. But God in infinite condescension yet speaks to this unworthy and ill-deserving earth. The inspired penman has recorded this word on this matter. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. God in grace has given this present earth in book form the record and word of his son. And this is his last and final call to this earth. Christ says to man, the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Recently, I received an insurance notice of premium due. It was fire insurance. And it read, this is the only notice you will receive. I did not like the finality which those words conveyed, but I knew I would get no further notice from the insurance company. God has sent his final notice to man, and it is of supreme importance that we know what is due the Lord and when it is due. We have the word of God. God has mercifully sent forth his word to us saying, 
there is something due me from you, O man. Intense confusion prevails in all quarters concerning what God has spoken to this earth. The reason for this deplorable state is men have turned away their ears from their truth unto Babel. The contention that certain papal decrees are infallible and equal in inspiration to the scriptures is a fable. When men tell you that Daniel, Jeremiah, Isaiah are any one of the prophets of the Bible, they are fabling. They are not either of these prophets. And when men come to you and tell you that they have a new revelation from God, and one particular cult has said that their book, their book, mind you, is another testament of Jesus Christ. Beloved, they are fabling. And then the doctrine which causes the greater part of the confusion which plagues the religious mind today is Arminianism or free willism. This doctrine presents a Jesus that is weak and wearied about so many of his children leaving him and falling off the precipice into the dark and eternal abyss. It is true Jesus was mistreated by man more than any other person who ever lived. But nowhere in all of Scripture are we ever told to feel sorry for Jesus. He did not suffer contrary to his own will. When we feel sorry for Jesus, our pity is totally misspent and misdirected. The Scriptures tell us, as Jesus went to Calvary's hill, there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. But Jesus, turning unto them, said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. It is ignorance of God's word that causes confusion. It is man that is on his way to hell and not Jesus. Jesus at this very time is sitting in glory, exalted above all majesties of this earth. In Psalm 71 and verse 1, David prayed, saying, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Now let us note some things God has spoken to this earth and pray God these things to fortify us against confusion, remembering God has said, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Isaiah 55 and verse 11. And let us remember that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. 1 Corinthians 14:33. First, I call your attention to this truth. God has spoken about himself. He has declared himself to be the God of all power and infinite in counsel, that he is sovereign and that he is all wise. In Psalm 147 and verse 5, we read, Great is our Lord, and of great power 
His understanding is infinite. Known unto God are all of His work from the foundation of the world. Acts 15, verse 18. And then, again in Psalms, Psalm 66 and verse 7, He ruleth by His power forever. His eyes behold the nation. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. God has spoken over and over to this earth, saying, I am omnipotent and omniscient. I have all power and know all things. Yet proud and haughty man says, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? These are the words of Pharaoh, Pharaoh of Egypt, who gets a drowning introduction to the all-sovereign Lord. For the horse of Pharaoh went in, and the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. Exodus 15 and verse 19. Pharaoh was not on Egypt's throne contrary to the power and purpose of God. Nay, he was raised up to the throne of Egypt by God's power and was by his defiance serving God's infallible purpose. Psalm 76 and verse 10. Shall not the wrath of man praise thee, and the remainder of wrath thou shalt restrain? God's word to Pharaoh is, Let my people go. Pharaoh's word to the Lord is, I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. But let me say this, God always gets the last word. God always has the final say. Let us read Exodus 9, 16 and 17. Thou shalt be cut off from the earth, and in very deed for this cause have I raised thee up, for to show in thee my power, and that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. God, David says, has cast the horse and his rider into the sea. This is a reference to Pharaoh. Some people say, I will get the last word or bust. Pharaoh tried it and got busted. Judas Iscariot tried it and was busted. The Antichrist is going to try it, and he will end up doing a belly buster in the lake of fire. The last word to all of them who die in their sins is, Depart from me. Ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. That's the last word, and it is from the lips of the all-sovereign God. In Psalm 115 and verse 3, and remember this, let it be indelibly stamped upon your mind. But our God is in heaven. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. I might add, just how big is your God? The saint consoles himself with this grand and glorious truth. God's great power is exercised in behalf of his people. First, in salvation. No. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. God gave. They did not have this power. Here God gave it to them. It was utterly external from them. 
then God, not only in salvation, but speaks about the preservation of his saints. We read, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Jude 1 says they are preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Our Savior said, while here on this earth, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Not only has God spoken to his people about their salvation and their preservation, but also about their resurrection. We read, And God hath both raised up the Lord, and will also raise us up by his own power. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 14. Not only has God spoken to his people about their salvation, preservation, and resurrection, but bless his name. He has spoken to them about their glorification. We read, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The God of heaven is directing all things after the counsel of his own will. Therefore, the guarantee of Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So, O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord as he has spoken about his power and his wisdom. God has spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto the Lord. Psalm 62, verse 11. Secondly, God has spoken about man. Genesis 1 and 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. The Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Genesis 2, verse 7. Originally, man was a direct creation of God and stood before his Maker acceptably. But his glorious beginning was lost through sinning, and we hear God say, Hebrews 9, verse 27, It is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. So it is. Man that once walked the hallowed lanes of Eden, now walks the valleys of the shadow of death. Man sinned without reason and deserves to die without mercy. Man ventured from his lofty perch in the garden and plummeted straight down into the horrible pit and the merry clay of human depravity. He is ever sinking, sinking down and down into the quagmire of eternal ruin. Yet we hear proud man say, ignorant, ignorant of the awful depth to which he has sunk. With our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Psalm 12, 4. The canker of depravity has encompassed the whole character of man. His every nook and cranny is utterly perverted. Let us listen as man, God redeemed men. 
witness against themselves and man, man generally. David said, Fairly every man, no exception, at his best state is altogether vanity. Psalm 39.5 Moses, the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Genesis 6.5 The Apostle Paul speaks, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death. And he said, For I know in me that is in my flesh there dwelleth no good thing. Romans 7, verse 24. And then in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14, we hear the wise Solomon say, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. I might ask, dear one, where do you at this very minute stand? Are you in Christ? Are you in your own strength, ourselves? God has spoken about the Lord Jesus Christ. We read, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Our Savior, the Son of God, was born of a virgin. Matthew 1.23 Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Our Savior is brought forth into this world, that is, the Lord Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God. And then let's read this from the Word of God as God speaks concerning His perfect obedience. I do always those things which please Him, that is, the Father. John 8 and 29. He is the only man who could ask this question, who convinceth me of sin and have no fear of being contradicted. He was sinless, utterly, absolutely, and eternally. Then he offered up in his body a perfect sacrifice. In 1 Peter 1, 18 through 20, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. These words are written to God's elect people. Note, God, who raised him from the dead, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Colossians 2. 12 through 15. And then we read about his ascension unto glory. In Acts 1, 9 through 11. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men 
ye men of Galilee. Why stand ye here, gazing up into heaven? For this same Jesus which you see go into heaven shall so return in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. And then in Hebrews 1 and verse 3, we read of his arrival in glory. When he had by himself purged our sin, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. But I want you to know, it was by himself that his people's sins have been purged. It was not Jesus and Abraham, not Jesus and Moses, not Jesus and Paul, and most certainly not the Pope and Jesus. Neither Jesus in you, nor Jesus in I. Then we are anticipating his glorious return. In Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The great God and the Savior are one, that is, Jesus Christ God has spoken about salvation. Oh, how we need to be thankful. How we need to praise God for He having spoke about salvation. In Psalm 3, verse 8, Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. Jonah 2, verse 9. We do not, beloved, go through the water to get to the blood. Beloved, we do not go through baptism unto salvation. But salvation wrought in the heart by the sovereign Holy Spirit, by the free grace of God, makes one a candidate for baptism. In Acts 4 and verse 12, Peter and John, after having been examined, by the Sadducees and the Jews says this unto them neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved speaking of the Son of God the Lord Jesus Christ and then in Romans 9:16, the Apostle Paul said so then it is not of him that willeth nor of him that runneth but of God that showeth mercy, that is, salvational mercy. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. The Bible says, Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the only time you have a guarantee of in this life. Somebody has said, Procrastination is the thief of souls. I will not argue the pros and cons of that statement. But I do know God said, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. Salvation is by the grace of God. And we need to make that emphatic. The Bible tells us in Titus 2 verse 11, the grace of God bringeth salvation. Second Timothy 1 and verse 9, speaking of Christ, Paul says, Who has saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, 
but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Salvation is more ancient than time, for it was in the eternal mind of God ere the world was ever created. O earth, 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 hear ye the word of the Lord. God's long-suffering towards this earth will one day be terminated and removed. Beloved, let me say this. All men need the salvation of the Lord, need God's redemption. Paul asks us this awesome question. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he reveal to you, if you are not saved, his wonderful work in Christ, and that he may lead you by the sovereign Holy Spirit to look upon him and to believe in him. God bless you.